0: It's time for JT the Brick. How we
1: doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation, sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out of control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do. And please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Hope you're having a great day. Big day. Happy Nevada Day. If you're driving around, you're listening. We appreciate the fact that you give us some time every day on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. And on that Raiders mobile app, I'm fired up today. We got some Raiders content for you. The head coach of the Silver and Black, Josh McDaniels, joins us at 105 ahead of the trip to New Orleans to take on the Saints. And then after that, the move to Sarasota. And as they wait for Jacksonville and London, taking on Russell Wilson, and they'll go down to Jacksonville And play the Jaguars. It's make or break time for the silver and black. We all knew that. We knew that going into the Texans game. The Raiders delivered. It took them to the fourth quarter to really get going. Where they woke up and were able to put that game away with 21 unanswered points. And the Raiders have momentum. Even though they're 2-4. and Tom Brady has lost three in a row for the first time in 20 years. I repeat. Three in a row for the first time in 20 years. The Niners are under five hundred. The Broncos are a mess. Around the league, the Green Bay Packers are a mess. There are a lot of teams in flux. And what the Raiders need to do now, as nobody is watching the Raiders, nobody on a national level is looking at the Raiders and the Texans, the Raiders New Orleans, the Raiders Jacksonville. The Raiders got to find a way to get back into the national conversation. And that has to start with one game at a time against New Orleans in a hostile environment where they got to get out of there with a win. How they do it, I don't care. Everybody is breaking balls. We're in sports. We talk about balls, right? Everybody is breaking everybody's chops on how you're going to win the game. Who cares how they win the game? You play to win the game. Just go win the game. I don't care if it's Carlson with four field goals. I don't care if it's Devontae on a bomb to end the game or Josh Jacobs going for four games in a row of over 100-plus yards, 140-plus yards. Whatever it takes, get it done. They have to win this game. Is it a must-win? No, but it's in the category of must-win somewhere, right below it. And if they don't win the game, then every game's a must-win from here on out, period. I don't want to go down that road. I don't want to be the rah-rah must-win guy every day on radio because, fortunately, this is a year-round radio show. It's all year. People forget that. And if the Raiders offseason starts in January and it doesn't start again till late August, I got to do a radio show every day and it's not going to be a lot of Raiders talk. So we got to get this team winning and they got to win and continue to win. Let's bank two in a row. Two in a row in this league this year is actually pretty good. It's pretty important. And I think it'll get them on the momentum road to get it done. New Orleans is a real big underachieving team. They've had injuries, so have the Raiders. Uh, they've had poor play, so have the Raiders, and they've had a couple of moments where they shined, so have the Raiders. For New Orleans, I think they're more dire than the Raiders are at this point because of their overall plan. The Raiders' plan seems to be a plan in progress that everybody's buying into. You don't hear Carr or Devontae or rumblings about, hey man, we don't like this offense, we don't like this play call, no, there's none of that going on, trust me, none of it. Now, they lost a game in a collapse to Arizona. They lost a game to Kansas City, which they could have and should have won. And they came down to last possession games. So if the Raiders were 3-3 and right now, everybody would be talking about them. But one game, one loss against Arizona has changed this entire year. So far, early in the year, we're pretty much, you know, a third through the year when you look at these 17 games. So what the Raiders need to do now is exert their dominance. Be a dominant team act like you belong, and crush the opponent. Do what Al Davis always envisioned this franchise to do. Take what you want. But that doesn't work in the NFL all the time. you got to run the ball. you got to take time off the clock. you got to do this, that. Everything's got to be right. And all these games this year, with the underdog teams winning and low-scoring games this year, everything seems to be coming down to, like, the fourth quarter, unless you're Buffalo and you're up by, like, 20 in the fourth quarter. Every team is in the same boat. Every game is a heart attack. I don't care who it is. Every game you turn on on the red zone. Start of the fourth quarter, it's a one possession game. Look at last night. Baltimore beat Tom Brady. So we begin the show brought to you by P.T.'s, hanging out with some of our crew. From P.T.'s a little bit later on today, P.T.'s fuels the monologue five to 5-7, midnight to 2. Best happy hour in town. I will definitely be floating through a PT's at some point tonight. The biggest story in the world in sports is Tom Brady and Giselle are divorced. It's over. If Jim Lampley was calling the fight, they're stopping the fight. It's over. How did that happen? I guess rich people have the ability to settle quickly with mediators and get divorced. Now, I knew today was going to be chaotic Because sports talk radio and debate television radio was going to turn into divorce radio. Here we go. Okay, I'm happy to have one marriage. I'm thrilled with it. You might have met my wife. She's cool. We're cool. And uh, we're not in no TMZ headlines and don't plan on being it. But we take divorce very seriously. We don't mock divorce because children are involved. And when you get into that troll area of mocking divorce, and that's what's happening today, just spend a minute on social media. And every idiot is on social media commenting on a couple that has a combined worth of over a billion dollars and individually will part ways and probably each be worth close to a billion dollars. And people who live in trailers, people who live in the suburbs, people who live in the city are all giving their two cents. Well, this is what I think about the divorce. This is what I think about Giselle. You know, Tom, Tom's going to get a better girlfriend who's younger. Is Giselle going to date Brad Pitt? Here we go again. Program directors up and down the AM radio dial with many FM's mixed in on satellite radio are telling their divorced radio host, hey, true story today. Swear to God, I never lie to you. True story today. Program director I heard told one of the hosts who is one of my friends, you divorce guys. I'm dead serious. You divorce guys tell some divorce stories and make it relatable to this story. And you wonder why some sports radio is just, I'm happy I did this 10, 15, 20 years ago, man. I hope I do it another 10 more, but I'm telling you, man, it is just getting weird and trippy with social media. Elon Musk just closed and bought Twitter. Mark Zuckerberg has just destroyed the stock market in Facebook in a matter of 48 hours. And everybody else is just throwing barbs, man. Everybody's just going crazy. So what's my comment? Earlier this morning on one of my side podcast projects, I believe, Sean King, former Buccaneer quarterback, Sean King, who works in town for VEASAN, we did this NFL quick hit podcast It's up on my on my page at JT the Brick. And we came on together to react to this quickly. And he was on the Super Bowl team, by the way, that beat the Raiders. He was the third string quarterback. He got a Super Bowl ring for beating the Raiders. And Sean's really good. And he talked about the issues and distractions, but mostly what happened in the game last night. Now, how does that affect Tom Brady and divorce? Well, there are some gamblers who want that information. Gamblers want to know if boxers are on cocaine and drinking and out all night. Gamblers want to know if a college kid is has, has bad grades and going through something. Gamblers want any edge you can get. Because most of them, gamblers are addicted to gambling and they'll take anything. They'll bet a cockroach race if you tell them one cockroach lost his leg the night before. They'll do anything because that's where we're at with gambling. Well, some gamblers realized that Tom had a bad marriage going this year and they faded him. They did. It, it's a True story. They thought Tom Brady and Giselle... The TMZ stories of breakups, uh, all the Daily Mail telling these stories, they were right. I always said, if TMZ reports it, I'll report it. Until then, I won't report it. So if you bet this year that Tom had marital problems, that his wife was telling him, if you don't quit football, I'm going to leave you, well, it happened. And maybe you took the win total at Tampa Bay and said, I'm going to fade it and go below that number. Or I'm going to bet against Tampa Bay, you're winning. So it just plays into that insanity about knowing about people's personal life. This is the greatest quarterback of all time. It will never change in your lifetime. I hope you live to be 110. If you do, there will not be another quarterback. He's not six years old now in Quebec. He's not somewhere here, uh, somewhere in California, six-year-old throwing to his dad who's going to be better than Brady. Brady's got this thing locked up. There will not be another quarterback who wins seven Super Bowls. So he will leave as the GOAT. He wanted to play more football. His wife gave him an ultimatum. It's all over the news and accurate. And Tom Brady's like, really? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I'm worth i I'm worth $600, $700 million. When I retire, Fox is going to give me $300 million. His memorabilia empire, just with the, the memorabilia that hasn't been out on the market, which is going to be released on the market, all the Patriot jerseys he signed, Buccaneer jerseys, now he's going to start signing them together. And he's going to start putting HOF. Five years from now, he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. So everything you own that's Brady's, you're going to have to buy something new. Because it's going to be seven Super Bowls, HOF, Hall of Fame on the jerseys, MVPs, and all of that. So he is set for life. But now we're all gossiping about his life. Can you believe that today? I mean, they were doing it on the Today Show. CNN. Broke in and did this There's a war going on in Ukraine and Tom Brady's divorce knocked everything off the front page. So I don't know where you want to go with this. I'd just rather talk about the game last night and what happened last night because Baltimore picked up another game on the Raiders and the entire AFC when it comes to the wild card race or Baltimore winning the division. And I thought they were really good last night. Lamar Jackson was throwing to a rookie tight end because their star tight end went down. And check this out. He's making plays.
2: 5-10. Jackson takes the snap. Fakes the handoff. Drifting backwards. Running to the right. Fires back at the end zone. Caught! Isaiah Likely, Touchdown, Ravens!
1: All right. So that is it. That, that, that's, he looked good. Lamar Jackson looked really good. Quick reminder for everybody listening. Uh, Lamar Jackson is an elite quarterback. Okay, He's not on the verge of ver- really—he's in the elite category. And he proved it last night going 8-for-8 eight eight in the second half, running, doing everything that he does. And this was a big game. A lot of people thought that Tampa Bay would get back on track. It was all Baltimore as Baltimore wins on the road against Tom Brady.
2: As we look to next week, brought to you by Constellation Home. There's the final snap, and this one is done. The Ravens beat the Buccaneers 27-22.
1: All right, so that's the final call on Baltimore Radio. So I watched the whole game because I had to do a podcast this morning about the game and got a chance to watch Amazon Prime again, which I think is okay. I mean, it's, 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 not, it's a work in progress. You know, you get Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit and our friend Carissa doing the halftime show, Whitworth, Richard Sherman, Tony Gonzalez. If you're watching it there, Fitzpatrick, it's not bad. I don't think it's bad. It's it's Jeff Bezos and Amazon, and their stock's getting hammered today too. And everybody's talking about that more than that. But watching the game last night, all I wanted to do was see the post game afterwards. Afterwards, I wanted to get to the post game. And first, it's Todd Bowles, who will be fired by the end of the year. He is not the right answer. He's not a good head coach. Uh, he takes over for Bruce Arians. That's a pretty good conspiracy theory, by the way. Did Brady run Bruce Arians out because he wanted to just kind of work with Byron Lepwich and didn't want to be a part of Bruce Arians? Everybody leave early. Everybody go play golf. Everybody go to their kids' dance recital. I don't know, but this guy, Todd Bowles, after the game didn't sound too confident.
2: Until you win ball games consistently and play four quarters consistently, it's going to be dark. You know, that doesn't mean we can't get out of it. I mean, we just have a lot of work to do as coaches and as players.
1: Now, fortunately for this team, they play in that division. I mean, Baker Mayfield's waking up today going, oh, my God, we, we can win this division. I got to find out how to be the starter again. Atlanta, Marcus Mariota. How many Raider fans would freak out if the Raiders don't make the playoffs and Atlanta does? Because they play in that dog division, and Marcus Mariota beats out Tom Brady, and they get a home playoff game. Remember, whoever wins that division, ladies and gentlemen, that dog of a division is going to get a home playoff game. Bring millions of dollars to that ownership group. Someone's going to win that division. Here's Tom Brady afterwards. You could tell the struggle is real in Tampa Bay. I think we've
0: struggled pretty much at everything. You know, we just struggle in the red area, struggle in third down, struggle in the run game. Uh, Two-point plays, um, short yardage, backed up, start first quarter, start of the third quarter, not very
2: good offensive football.
1: So because they played on Thursday night and the Raiders have one of those games with the Rams later in the season, they have like a mini-bye week here and Brady was asked what they're going to do during this mini-bye to kind of put the team back on track.
2: We talk a lot, and a lot of those
1: conversations are private, you know, for us. But you know, we're just trying to encourage one another and uh, be positive And
0: ultimately, it comes down to you know how we execute in critical moments, and you know the things we have to do to put ourselves in a position to win.
1: Yeah. So if you look at what's happened here now, they've lost four of their last five games. They've lost four of five, right? And I try to tie everything back to the Raiders on this show. So if you think it was dark for the Raiders, it's dark for a lot of teams around the league. A lot of teams are playing poorly, and there's not a lot of great teams. Two of the best three teams in football are teams that the Raiders are familiar with. Kansas City and Buffalo's in the AFC. Those are the two best teams. In the NFC, it was supposed to be the Niners, the World Championship Rams. They're average. They're average right now. They're not very good. So it's kind of wide open. So your opinion on this, I'm not saying don't call in on Tom Brady's divorce. If you have something that you want to add on that and how it affects sports radio and all of this, it's just... You know, I get accused of doing too much sports. I love that. You know, JT's great, but he's just too, too, too heavy, too, too intense for me, man. I don't want to talk about burgers and movies and have four other co-hosts and laugh about stuff. I don't know. I chose this. It's worked out pretty good for me. I talk sports. And then when politics get into sports, I told you about Brittany Griner or Kaepernick kneeling for the anthem or a storyline. I'll dive into that. And I'll dive into Brady's divorce. But I'm just amazed at how many people get satisfaction this week. This week in October 2022, how many people are getting satisfaction in our society for Tom Brady and Giselle getting a divorce? They're laughing, they're mocking, they're commenting it, they're being idiots. And they're laughing and, and they're happy that Brittany Griner, an American citizen, can't get out of jail in Russia. I'm not making it up. It's all in the comments. It's everywhere. I mean, what has happened to our society When we take a look at this and we're just in sports, imagine having one of those right wing lunatic left wing wacko talk shows and just doing politics and all that. What that must be like heading into the election. Sports is supposed to be a place that you come to for relief, to enjoy it and to get away. Okay, especially as a listener. If you're you're giving us five minutes, let alone 20 or an hour, we can't thank you enough. That's how we have advertisers, partners. We're all trying to figure this thing out and give you the best that we have. But this has been a pretty interesting week when I can confirm that the top two stories are Brittany Griner remaining in jail for nine years and Tom Brady getting a divorce. And I'm an X's and O's guy. I want to talk about these games. I want to see how the Raiders can win in New Orleans. So let's get back to that a bit. As we crunch the numbers, you'll hear uh, most of coming up in the second hour of my show when we have the head coach on. We'll get to the Raiders roundtable. Really proud of that podcast And thank you for subscribing for it. We really broke down New Orleans and are trying to figure them out. And as I told Q Myers, who's coming up next, this has been the toughest week, I think, for us trying to break down the opponent because of the injuries that they have, how they're underachieving, and what they're going to try to do with their defensive coordinator, head coach, and Dennis Allen. So I don't have a good feel for this one. I think the Raiders will win the game. And I think the Raiders are going to have to throw the ball to win the game because I believe that Dennis Allen's going to want to take Josh Jacobs out of the game. If Josh Jacobs runs for 150 and two touchdowns, really the ownership, the Benson family, can bring Dennis Allen upstairs and say, look, you know, you used to be the head coach of the Raiders. We know personally you wanted to win. You knew Josh Jacobs was coming to our house. We got the players to stop him, and you didn't stop him. Why are we keeping you here as head coach? And I think they're going to put eight in the box. I think they got a lot of girth, a lot of big guys in the middle of the field. Their linebackers are really good. And I think they're going to key on Josh Jacobs. And what the Raiders are going to have to do is find a way to throw by establishing the run. And if the run isn't going well, quickly turn and adjust and get the passing game going. Taking a look at New Orleans, they lost a one-point game to Atlanta. Excuse me, they won a one-point game to Atlanta, 27-26. to 26. Then they lost three in a row to the Buccaneers, Carolina, and Minnesota. They beat the Seahawks and put up 39 points, 39-32. Seahawks are pretty good this year. Then they lost to the Bengals, but only by four. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the Bengals are pretty good. And then they lost at Arizona. Arizona also beat the Raiders, but they put up 34 in those games. So they have more first downs than their opponents this year, and they're pretty good at moving the ball. They have a very good offense when it comes to net yards and running total plays and what they're able to do. Their net rushing yards overall is pretty good. It's 994 compared to their opponents. And they have Andy Dalton at quarterback. Now, most Raider fans are excited about playing Andy Dalton. I would be, too, because you're not playing Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. You're playing Andy Dalton. What does Andy Dalton do right? Well, he has experience. He's very good. He's been a good quarterback his entire career. He played in Cincinnati when Cincinnati teams were not very good, and he kept them very competitive. Who does that sound like? Derek Carr. Derek Carr played his first eight years in the league on Raider teams that weren't very good, and he got a couple of those Raider teams to be pretty competitive. So I think these teams mirror each other. I think that both teams have several stars, five or six, Max Crosby, Cam Jordan, Right? Denzel Perryman, Honey Badger. You know, you can look at Darren Waller and Olave. You can look. They only have about four or five or six players on each team that you go, oh, they're good. They got their contracts picked up. They're going to be here for a while. Same thing with the Saints. And then the rest of the team is a work in progress. Guys fighting to keep their jobs or guys who aren't going to be on the roster next year. So I believe that both these teams mirror each other. And I think the game's going to come down to who makes bigger plays overall. Who's the team that's going to make the bigger play when it's all said and done? Is it going to be Waller or is it going to be Alave? Is it going to be Hunter Renfro or is it going to be Alvin Kamara? That's what I think it's going to come down to. Even game, a fight, very physical. As Josh McDaniels, you'll hear that in about 45 minutes. And then the playmakers. And I give the edge to the Raider playmakers. I give the edge to the silver and black and their playmakers. I believe the Carr, who has had a good game there, can go over the top in a comfortable environment, in a dome. It'll be loud, no wind, no nothing. And I think the car can go four wide with Devontae and the illness, hopefully ready to go, everything that he has going on. And I think they'll be able to get this done. I think they're going to have to pass because I think they're going to be forced to pass. I love the running party. Run the hell out of the ball. But at times, where is this offense? Which is a good offense in the rankings, but where's the explosive play? Every day I talk to Raider Mort. He's like a brother to me, an older brother. I go, Mort, what do you think of this game? You know what Mort told me? He says, you know, JT, when was the last time Someone on the Raiders dating back to last year had a big game other than Josh Jacobs. Ooh, kind of paused for a second. I said, well, Devontae's had a couple of good games, you know, but he had good games like this, but nothing super. Carr hasn't had an explosive year yet. Waller hasn't been on the field. And Mort made a good point. He says, you got to go back to Renfro last year. Last year, Hunter Renfro, in the final four games for the Raiders and Josh Jacobs, when the team had to win four in a row under Rich Bisacci to make it into the playoffs, Hunter Renfro took his game to the next level. Remember the Indy catch? Remember some of those big plays? Mort made a good point. It's time for some guys to step the bleep up. And I'm going with Derek Carr. Andy Dalton versus Derek Carr. Yeah, you better believe I said it. Derek Carr versus Andy Dalton. Derek Carr versus Trevor Lawrence. Derek Carr versus Geno Smith. Okay? That's where we're at now. Where Carr now has had rhythm with this offensive line, pass protection, offensive line that started with seven, now down to five or six, understanding the rhythm of the game, and a dominant running back behind him. Now it's go time for Carr number four. Year nine. Two and four on the road to get it going. So I'm leaning on Derek to get up and get going, which I always believe he can do. Imagine if you just cut what I said up. Where I said, I'm leaning on Derek to get things going, and you cut it up, and you send it out on Twitter. No. At the end, I said, like I always do. I believe that Derek, under adversity, can play great at a Pro Bowl level in every game he plays against the best quarterbacks and the quarterbacks that struggle. But I definitely want to see Derek step up right now and do something big. The time is now to do something big. There are season ticket holders paying an arm and a leg for this product. There are fans on the road right now in New Orleans drinking Bloody Marys on Bourbon Street waiting for this team. This team is a good team. They're well coached. I'm really into this GM who I think is as sharp as anyone I've met. The owner, Mark Davis, has proven to all of you now, all of you, that he wants to win, and he'll do anything with the budget of this team, from the stadium, the practice facility, to the players, to give the best to the Raiders to go win the game. Now go win the game. Go win in New Orleans, light them up, don't give them a chance, step on their throat, and bleep and bury them. That's the monologue. Brought to you by Virgin Hotels Las Vegas, where we'll be this weekend. Bob Weir's in town. Man, Bob Weir, the Grateful Dead, is in town. How huge is that? Head on out to Virgin's. Check out the Shag Room. Go to Olive's. Go see J.O.D. at the bar at one Steak. That's about as best as I can do to open this thing up. Let's hear from you. I got the coach at the top of the hour. 702-365-9200. At JT the Brick on Twitter. You want to make it Divorce Dad's Day, Divorce Mom's Day, and comment on Tom Brady? Go for it. I'm getting out of here in less than two hours. I'm going to have an ice-cold Modelo in Toshiba Plaza, and I'm going in to see the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a happy place for me. I'm going to see the VGK
2: today. But now set up 1st and 10 on the Texans 15.
1: Delayed handoff to Jacobs. Huge hole at the middle, 10. Cuts right at 5. Touchdown, Jacobs. The hat trick in the end zone. His
0: third rushing touchdown of the day. And the Raiders go up two scores. 30-20 to with 7.06 to go in the ballgame.
1: Jason Horowitz on the call. JT, thanks for coming back. We are brought to you by Resorts World. Scott Sabella has a vision for sports the right way. Free parking, get to Doghouse Saloon or Red Tail. Go have a great time at Resorts World and just experience the most affluent, expensive property on the strip that's still growing by the day. Resorts World, proud property, a proud partner also of our show here. And it is a great partner of mine. I go back with this guy as long as anybody. Chris Matthews from 8 News Now is the Raiders. VGK. First off, what does what should Nevada Day mean to me who moved here in 98, but you know me as a New Yorker from Massapequa. How should I celebrate Nevada Day? Well, I'll tell you what you
0: need to do is you need to go see the VGK at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Um, I was just looking at the standings here. They're, they are the second team in the entire league right now. I know it, it's early. They got uh, 12 points right behind Boston, so it's the coach left Boston, so that's the number one team. The coach is in Vegas. That's the number two team. And, oh, by the way, the coach that left Las Vegas is now in Dallas. That's the number three team in the league. So, uh, yeah, go check out the BGK in an afternoon game against
1: the one-win Ducks from Anaheim. I will be there. The credential is waiting. I will be there. I am going to race from this show over there. Let's stay with that because – Uh, Cassidy's defensive style, the speed now, it looks the rest of Petrangelo, the defense, you know, I'm a big fan of what they're doing on the back end with Alec Martinez and Theodore, very good team. But the snipers have woke up. I like to see Marcioso playing strong, taking shots, scoring early, because this is a scoring team that can score in bunches, but they go through droughts, Chris. Last year, some of these forwards went through droughts like you couldn't believe. I think they're off to a fresher start this year. How do you see it? Yeah, they certainly are. And those, those
0: top two lines this year are awesome. I mean, you look at Chandler Stevenson and he's having, like, like we say, you know, we're early in the season, but if this continues, this guy's having a phenomenal start to the season. And you got those two lines that are, that are working well, working together. And like you said, last year with all those injuries, it was just crazy. I was over 500 man hours of injuries. And and DeVore trying to keep it together and shifting lines and this guy's out, this guy's in. Oh, now he's going to be out again. It was just such a a flux last year that uh, who's in, who's out, who's going to be able to play. Who's kind of healthy. Who's not healthy. Oh, he broke a bone. He's still going to play. It's just, it was so crazy last year, but uh, seems like they're back. They're healthy. Like you said, I like the defense, Uh, Theodore and uh, Petrangelo and, and uh, you know, white cloud in there. It's just, I'm excited about this team, and like I meant, they're the number one team in the West right now, number two in the entire league, just keep it going. We'll see what happens. You know, they'll go on some of these East Coast swings. They're going
1: to be difficult. But right now, I think the people and the fans got to be pretty excited. Chris Matthews, 8 News Now. Let's go to the Raiders. Coming off the win against the Texans, most of it. A big explosion in the fourth quarter, 21 unanswered. Josh Jacobs has been an interesting story. Chris, you've covered the biggest stories in Vegas sports history in your time, from the running Rebels to the National Championship to every team that's come here. This Josh Jacobs story is Marcus Allen-esque. I'm not saying he's Marcus. marcus got a gold jacket and is one of the greats of all time. But to have your name next to Marcus Allen and then after the game hang out with Marcus Allen in the tunnel there, this is special what this kid's doing at running back. You
0: know, and it's so cool. I think it was last year or it might have been the year before where he talked about calling Marcus Allen, getting on the phone, getting some tips and pointers and help, and and he kind of became uh, the mentor for josh jacobs i thought that was so cool that he would reach out that they would stay in contact and he would kind of pick his brain and say what do you see what do i need to do how do you how do you provide uh, and 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 attack this and all those little kind of nuances that marcus allen has he's kind of you know uh, lending that uh, experience to to jacobs and to see what jacobs is doing right now is absolutely awesome the running attack he's you know, like you say, he's up throwing on those numbers with Marcus Allen. The 100-plus the hundred, the, the hundred over three straight, he can continue that this, uh, this week against the Saints. It's a real cool story what he's doing. And, and you know, he's fighting for, uh, for a job somewhere, and he's going to mm-hmm. get paid somewhere, regardless if it's at, in Las Vegas or somewhere else.
1: He's proven his worth certainly. Chris Matthews joins us. Chris, I really think it's time for Carr. He's playing well. He's playing well. He's not at the level of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, but at any point he can put up the numbers of those guys or any quarterback in this league from Aaron Rodgers, even though Tom Brady, that's a different story. But Carr has the ability to play explosive football, and with the running game, I don't think he's getting enough credit for managing the game, not turning it over, and then when he needs a big throw on third down, he's making it.
0: Well, that's the key too. You mentioned not turning the ball over. What was it? One sack in the last game last week and, and I I was reading somewhere that right now he has a passer rating of one hundred ten plus for two straight games. And if they can do it again against the Saints, that'll be the first time in I think four or five years he's strung together three solid, solid games. And I think he I think he can do it this weekend. Like you say, now they're gonna focus on uh on Josh Jacobs opens up everything else. Let's just hope that uh, Devonte Adams gets over that bad case of the flu. And he, I know that I, you've had the flu. I've had the flu uh, rarely. It's just it kind of it's you know it it sucks you. It it can take you down for a while and you lose strength. So hopefully he gets back and he's ready to go. We'll see what happens.
1: Chris, how have you covered Chandler Jones? Again, when you do your pregame show, which I watched before I had to do my pregame show at the stadium or at the M, uh, Chandler Jones, I think this is a good track for him to get going, fast track to get him off the edge. He's going to also have to keep his hands up because Kamara catches a lot of swing passes, a lot of screens, and if you can't guard him, a guy like him has got to get his hands up, knock it down, and make Andy Dalton uncomfortable and Chris I'm the first guy to say this this could be a switcheroo they might start Andy Dalton in this game and go to Jameis they didn't say Jameis is not going to play they said Jameis is not going to start I think this is all in for Dennis Allen he's going to do anything he can to be in this game late and have the right quarterback well that's a great point you bring up
0: but because I was thinking when he announced a couple days ago that Andy Dalton's going to be his guy I'm thinking wow that almost kind of plays right into the hands of uh of the Raiders as they get that those two ends, uh, rushing in and some pressure up the middle. And you got this Dalton guy that, uh, uh that, that's, that's not as mobile, obviously as, as Jameis. And so I was thinking, well, that's a great thing. I think that would be a good thing. Although Dalton is good. I mean, we can't, we can never look at the fact that he's a talented, talented quarterback, but I was kind of excited about that as well, but thinking, Hey, Andy Dalton. Okay. I think the Raiders might have an edge there, but you bring up an excellent point if they start switching these guys around. And then, you bring in the former BYU Cougar. I'm getting all kinds of texts uh, from my buddies at, at BYU saying, "Watch out for this guy. Watch out for Taysom. He's gonna he's gonna ride the Raiders. Watch out. Uh, he can do so many things. He can. He's a tight end. He's a running back. He's a quarterback. He, you know, he, he just he can do so many things so well that you really have to keep an eye on him.
1: Yeah, Chris Matthews. As we wrap it up, you know, Chris, this is a year where. You saw Tom Brady, the breaking news of the divorce. I watched the game last night, and they just weren't clicking their defense, which is usually great. They recently won a Super Bowl. They were getting gashed, and you look at Aaron Rodgers pointing fingers at his teammates. Other than three or four teams in Philadelphia, the Raiders put 30 unanswered on Philadelphia just at this time a year ago. It's not like the Raiders are chasing 15 teams in this league. I think the Raiders are an above-average team. They're just The record doesn't prove it. And now if they can get some wins going and some momentum, I think teams around the league will say, here come the Raiders. They're better than they thought. They fought through their problems. Now they're on a roll. That's what's really at stake on this road trip, two cities, right? Yeah, when you
0: think about it, the next four games, really, when you have, what is it, the Saints, Jacksonville, Denver, these these next three games especially, all below average teams, teams that are kind of struggling as well, teams are looking for answers, Um the AFC West isn't what everybody kind of thought it was going to be. Real good opportunity here for the Raiders to kind of build some momentum, put some uh, wins together, get that kind of that swagger back that they had at the end of last year with Versace and those guys. Had not believed it, and they went out and won those games. Now, we mentioned last year that, that those games were close. It could have gone either way, but they won them because they, they just found a way to win. So now they've got to find a way to win once again and coming off the win, putting all those points together against the uh, Texans and that, Fourth quarter and kind of getting that cockiness back, which we like. We'll see what happens, but I, I'm, I'm kind of confident they're going to go and do New Orleans. I've never, I'm heading to New Orleans tomorrow morning. I've never been there. Oh I'm my god! To see what it's like there in New Orleans. I've never been to the Big Easy, but I'm not going to take it easy either. Well,
1: I'll text you everything. The Monteleone, the <laughs> Circle Bar, it's just a gorgeous venue to see. Bourbon Street's amazing, but you know, and I haven't. I'm going to ask the Raiders for it, Chris. When the hurricane hit. And it was wiped out. We did a big party down there, really big one, and we donated some money uh, to a local reverend down there. And I went to the Lower Ninth Ward. And I think it's really important you do that with whoever you're with and your photographer. Go to the Lower Ninth Ward. See it from the perspective of how they rebuilt that area and what those people went through. Those are the fans who are the New Orleans Saints. You know, it's a big restaurant town and party town and all that, but... You really get a chance to see a city that went through one of the more horrific weather experiences in the history of this country and how they rebuilt it. And that's what I think of New Orleans. They're resilient people who continue to get battered and keep coming back. And then if you get a chance, if you're walking up to the stadium, don't drive. Just walk a few blocks if you can and see the energy of those fans walking into the game. I think it's going to blow you away.
0: Oh, good. I'm excited. Yeah, like I said, never, ever been to that city and I'm excited about it, uh, thrilled to be there, looking forward to a, a, a great performance from the Raiders. I think they can, they can back up that game against them. You know, it, what a shame it is they lost to Arizona. They'd be right in the mix of well, all this conversation.
1: Yeah, I, I said that before you came on. The Arizona game is something the Raiders got to get away from now and start building more wins. Chris, I'll be at the game today, the hockey game. You have safe travels, and I can't wait to have you on in a couple of weeks again. Thank you. Uh, all right, thank you. Thank you, JT you got it chris matthews the dean of newsmen in this town with my buddy dana wagner we love kevin bollinger vince sapienza Paloma. everybody in town who does the news or the weather or the sports everybody i'm watching all the channels man don't play favorites here we have them all on the show appreciate the great chris matthews all right raider x in los angeles listening on the raiders mobile app thanks for waiting go ahead
2: hey jt pleasure talking to you hey uh First off, I want to start saying uh, I appreciate the intensity. Do not change. If we wanted to hear all the gossip and all the politics, we've been on a different channel. We want to hear intense sports talk just the way you deliver it. Thank Keep you. up the great work, brother. Appreciate it. Hey, so uh, getting into uh, I, I agree with you. This game is hard to call. I think in the first game, just like the first game with the Chargers, um, going into the season, I'm, I'm not too big on the Chargers, but just you know, seeing what the Raiders are going to um, I think that's where we're kind of dealing with the Saints. Uh, I do agree that it's a winnable game, but my um, my my biggest question is going into the trading deadline. Uh, what do you see not only from the Raiders mm-hmm. but a- across the league for the Raiders to make uh, a play in the in the trade market? You know, yeah. obviously, you know, you see maybe you know uh, the Saints lose, maybe they they call in the season and they actually throw some players out there, or the Seahawks mm-hmm. or some other teams go out there and. You know, they, they, they start doing a fire sale. You know, yeah. do you think they'll, they'll, the Raiders will be in the market? Yeah,
1: I do. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Thanks for the compliment. I think Dave's looking to only – Vinny Bonsignor puts it best. He's just looking to add players that are going to be here down the road on, at any value level. It could be a seventh-round pick like Thayer Munford. It could be, you know, a player that they're going to keep like Rocky Sin in that trade and build around – and I think Dave Ziegler is looking for a player or two. Look, I swung and missed. I thought the Raiders were going to get a veteran big-name offensive tackle right before the start of the season, and they didn't. They had a plan, and it's worked out. It was a bumpy road in the beginning, but they didn't give up a lot. I think that Dave Ziegler deserves to keep his draft equity. So if he wants to get rid of players on the back end of their contracts, and everybody's asking me about Clee Farrell, Jonathan Abram, they're good players. There are good players. Jonathan Abram is a really good player in this league. I think a lot of teams that have a different scheme would want him. And I think the Raiders would like to have him to the end of the year no matter what happens. He's a valuable piece here. Clee Farrell is a different guy. Fourth pick overall. Teams are not going to overspend for him. So if you can get something for him. But considering they move big Jonathan Hankins, Clee's going to get more in the rotation. Would I be shocked if he was moved? No. If he stays, could it be good? Yeah, if the Raiders go on this run that we all want him to go on, guys like Jonathan Abram, Cleve Farrell, other players that you say, eh, you know, last year the contract let him go, Raiders are injured. They got guys who are injured, guys on the practice squad, guys coming and going. They need all the depth they can have. But I think Dave Ziegler will make a move. If the Raiders win this game in New Orleans, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders added a player. If they lose in New Orleans... I definitely expect that some guys are going to go or one guy will go. And who that could be, there's three or four that could do that. So it's a very important game. But I'll leave the business talk to the GM to get it done. And he'll talk to us. We've had him on a couple of times already, and he wants to continue to come on. He's great to have on as a guest. 702-365-9200, about 15 minutes away from Josh McDaniels. My interview with the head coach. Brought to you by the Castaverti Law Group. We have a new law group as our proud partner. And Alex de is a Raider fan. He sits in my section. He stands up on third down. He loves the Raiders. And he's got a great law group. 702-222-9999. If you get into an accident, call the Castaverti Law Group.
0: And he takes it back 70 yards for a Raiders defensive touchdown.
1: I mean, that's a fabulous call by Jason Horowitz. Bravo for our new play-by-play boys. Speaking of that, I ran into our former play-by-play voice, the ultimate king and legend, Brett Musburger, at the last home game. And I bumped into him at the Twitch Lounge and had a nice quick conversation because he's like a rock star walking through with his Raider hat on. Great to see the godfather. VGK at home today. I'm thrilled to go to the Vegas Golden Knights here in a couple of hours. Going to stop off at Nomad, the library bar right inside, and have myself a Remy Martin sidecar. Team up for excellence. That's what this day feels like. Remy Martin in a sidecar at the library inside Nomad, my secret spot to get me fueled up and excited for VGK. If you're going to the game, a big day today, Nevada Day. Uh, Coach McDaniels coming up here at the top of the hour. So Dennis Allen versus Coach McDaniels. Interesting. This has been around for a while. You know, they don't play each other all the time, but New England versus Tom Brady back in the days and of New England and Josh McDaniels having a coach in that Dome. I asked Coach, and you'll hear this in a few minutes, about the difference between being outside in a loud environment, Kansas City, for example, compared to inside the Dome. And the Raiders have worked on it. couple of guys sick with the bug. With the flu bug, if this happened two years ago during COVID, the world, the internet would be breaking now. Oh, my God. What do they have? What do they have? Relax. Everything seems to be okay here. As the Remember, Josh McDaniels flew in late. Excuse me. Uh, Josh Jacobs flew in late for the Tennessee game. These guys, I suspect, are going with the team and should be good to go. I wanted to also mention Darren Waller in this game. It's a very important game for Darren. It really is because he's back and he's cleared to go. So when Darren's cleared to play, He's got to play like a pro bowler, and he hasn't this year because he just hasn't been able to get on the field. So I'm very interested to see what Derek does with Mac Collins, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Devontae. He's got the ability to go four wide, leave Josh in the backfield so everybody thinks it could go to Josh and really spread this team out. I think that the blocking tight ends, and Moreau's a better blocking tight end than Waller, Moreau's going to have a pretty busy game here because he might have to stay in and chip Cam Jordan and come on in and help this offensive line. And a huge Colt Miller game. There was a play on one of Josh's touchdowns. I think it was the second one where Colt Miller was leading into the end zone there. And I I, I wish I saw his eyes up close, but from behind, he was just mauling people. So Colt Miller, who I predicted would have his first Pro Bowl year this year, the first game of the year was not a Pro Bowl game against the Chargers, and now he's cleaned it all up, and he's playing at a very high level. Uh, Very quickly, Janikowski, I always think of this game because there's a legendary moment with Janikowski on Bourbon Street. Yeah, and Janikowski showed up the next morning when I did, and he beat me to the stadium because I had to be on at the crack of dawn because we were doing the pregame show in the booth, and Janikowski was out kicking with a cutoff tank top on after a fun night in the quarter, if you know what I mean. And I remember that game and how loud it was in the Raider Nation there. And as I told Chris Matthews, New Orleans is a special spot for Raider fans because you think of the Raider fans traveling from Oakland and L.A. and Vegas out west, but there's a lot of fans from the Gulf Coast region, from Louisiana, from Illinois, anywhere you can drive to a Raider game, this is a spot where Raider fans like to go. And I think it's a little bit weak down there in New Orleans now from a Saints perspective, and the Raiders can surprise everyone. You're going to hear the Raider Nation at this game when the Raiders open up with a score. Coming up next, the head coach of the Silver and Black, our weekly conversation with Josh McDaniels ahead of the trip to New Orleans and also Raiders Roundtable, VGK. Let's go with the Golden Knights today as we continue.